0: You're listening to Inside the Aluminum Tube. This podcast has adult language and sometimes contains graphic descriptions of accidents and incidents, often resulting in death. If you're scared to fly, proceed with caution.
1: Sir, are your pants meowing? Yeah, are you interested? Pull up. No, the plane is about to crash. Wind shear.
0: You're looking a little anxious, Kent. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, mm. Increase climb. Only if you really need me to. Threw his clothes off. Had an accident. <laughs> got his tree. And went night night. 50, 40. Oh, so like some dumb bro shit. OK, cool, 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 cool. 30, 20, 10. Clear of conflict.
0: You guys ready to get started? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Aviation History Podcast. Today with my co-host, we are going to look at events in aviation history like air disasters, accidents, incidents, and of course, just aviation history. Aviation history is worth remembering, but it's worth remembering accurately. So we are here to tell you the stories. I'm Shannon Baker. I'm your host. I'm the creator. If you want to see pictures of the events we talk about and enhance your experience, you should follow me on Instagram and Twitter, both at AluminumTube. You can even email me your ideas, or your suggestions or your feedback at AluminumTubePodcast at gmail.com or go to AluminumTubePodcast.com or ALTubePodcast.com where you can join my Patreon, tip me, get decals, meet the co-hosts, and listen to episodes all right there in your browser. Okay, today I need to give a shout out to my Irish listeners again. This podcast is charting really well in Ireland, so thank you for that, but I want to get to Estonia.
1: I have a friend who married a man from Estonia.
0: What's in Eastern Europe?
1: Do you know where that is?
2: I mean, I know where Eastern Europe is,
1: Let's, I'm gonna <laughs> but look also
2: shouts
0: out Ireland. My whole family's from Ireland. You guys rock. There you go. Thank you.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, but some bu- some person or some group is binging the absolute shit out of this pod in Estonia. And so, I've been charting in the Top 100 History podcast for like weeks now. So, mm. if you are those listeners, reach out to me. If you want to be on the show, please give me a reason to travel to Estonia. I mean, or I've never been there. you
1: shoot over a uh, decal.
0: Yeah, or I can just send some decals or something like that. Okay.
1: Okay, we looked up Estonia and where it is, so. We now know. We're up to date.
0: We probably shouldn't go there, right?
1: Not at the moment. No, not at the no. moment.
0: Okay. But, um, so... Today, we're going to do it differently. We're going off script a little bit. I'd like to welcome my first guest host, uh, James MacArthur. He's back. He last visited us in episode 21. Today, how we are going to roll is James and I are going to take turns telling the story. We're going to tag team Mary Hall. She's going to listen to the story. She's going to ask questions and she's going to comment. She's also going to use the Google machine to look up some of the ancient beastly flying machines that we're going to talk about and some of the modern ones so, James, please update us.
2: It's been a while. First off, what up, Ireland, Estonia, and everyone else? Nothing much, man. Been working, been podcasting, got my own podcast, Couple Pines Pod. You can follow us on Instagram. We had a Twitter, but I deleted it because no one followed it. Uh, at Couple Pines Pod. It's a conspiracy podcast. If you want a little brief intro, listen to Aluminum Tube episode 21. We did uh, JFK Jr.
1: and you recently- and conspiracies and whatnot. What? Sorry. You recently had Olivia on, who's also been on this podcast, right? Yeah.
2: Olivia was our guest. Yeah. Last week's episode. Awesome. Yeah. It was cool. We talked about art. Like She's a good one to talk about the with The conspiracies that. of money laundering and art and things like Ooh, that. Oh, that's cool. I have to listen to yeah, that it one.
0: Was, it, was, it was fun. All right. If you go to AleTube <laughs> Podcast, you scroll down, you'll see James there. There's a link to Couple Pints Pod on there. There's oh, a link beautiful. to all the rest of his socials. So you guys can um, update yourself on that one. That's super easy. But James, thanks for being with us. And Mary, yeah, uh, you've been on recently. Is there anything else going on with you?
1: Well, work is finally picking up. I did my first inversion on the poll. I know that sounds random and weird to some people but it's a big deal it's when you're upside down on the pole big and we're things talking happening about pole dancing, pole dancing <laughs> yes gotcha
0: gotcha i just i just want to talking be clear. about pole
1: and getting double teamed it's yeah. a good time
0: i said tag Tag-teamed. teamed. i didn't say sorry team. sorry okay well anyway this is a this we this is an adult podcast it doesn't really matter it has so the, it has it has the ex-
1: explicit rating on it right it does Yeah, Yeah. That means we can do things like say fuck.
0: Yes, we can. We can say that. And it came out so weird with her. It was just like like a little kid saying fuck. It was perfect. (laughs) 25 cents in the curse cup. Yes.
1: I'll I'll pay it back later.
0: I'm going to read some. Then James is going to read some. Mary's going to comment. We're both going to comment and we're just going to talk about it. We're doing a history piece today. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. You guys ready to talk airplanes? Let's do it. May 25th of 1889 whoa great year great year we're almost
1: at the turn of the century
0: that's a long time ago to start with airplanes i know
1: my brain immediately goes to the clothes at the time honestly long floor length dresses on pure waist maybe we were still doing corsets
0: on pure we were definitely doing
2: corsets.
1: still doing corsets. oh also
2: this story is kind of relevant and where it takes place but we'll get there we are going to get there um it, and it is very it is actually oh, pretty topical. The Estonia listeners
0: actually might like this one. Ooh. It doesn't take place in Estonia. <laughs> it's not Estonian, but let's get let's get on with it. May 25th, 1889. On that day, Maria Stefanovna, I think that's good. It's the next yeah, name know, I'm a little what? concerned about. It almost looks well, like Well, there's a know, second there. n. There's an n in there. Oh. Stefanovna. Stefanovna and Ivan yeah. Aliksevich Sikorsky There you go. Had a child.
1: If you are from some of these areas like Estonia, maybe you can hit us up on the Instagram for the correct pronunciations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They had a child. His name was Igor. Okay. Igor. (laughs) That
1: was um, ironically easy to pronounce. Yeah, that
0: that is an easy one. I'm glad. Because um, some of it can get complicated. I'm glad I just have to say Igor. He was born in Kiev, then Russia, now as we know, Ukraine. He became the fifth child in the family. His father, Ivan, was a doctor of medicine and a professor at the university. But Igor's mother was no slouch. And like her father, that makes it Igor's grandfather, she was also a medical doctor.
1: She was a medical doctor. In 1889. I love that. It's
0: badass. Hell yeah. However, she had a taste for the finer things and instilled in little Igor a love for music literature and the arts.
1: This woman is like everything. She Legend. is awesome.
0: Jules Verne's novel Robar the Conqueror became Igor's favorite book. So are you familiar with Jules Verne? Jules Verne wrote like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and a yes. lot of like fantasy and it's a lot of meat for steampunk these days.
1: And what was the book that is his that was Igor's favorite again?
0: Robar the Conqueror. Have you read it? I have not read it. James? <laughs> nope. Got it. But I do know. I do know what's in it. It told about a giant airship, and flying in an airship became Little Igor's dream. He took that from his childhood and into his adulthood. It was also from her that Little Igor first heard about the aircraft designs of the great Leonardo da Vinci.
1: I was just trying to think of when in time Leonardo da Vinci was. He's a I Renaissance should remember man. That. So. Yes.
0: He's back in the 16th century.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Igor began with models. He built his first model at the age of 12. It was the first model of what you and I would recognize as a rudimentary
1: helicopter. Do we have a photo of his model? We don't. We don't.
0: And there isn't one that exists.
1: Oh. But it, it looks like helicopters today. Like well, basically the thing. just picturing the same like thing.
0: the Da Vinci helicopter. Right. right. It, sort of more like that. Yes. Yeah. That's what I picture as well. I think you would probably recognize it as something that looked like a helicopter, but...
1: This might be a good time to shout out the Instagram because there'll be photos on there of what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, we'll post as many photos on the Instagram as we can. What we can find. Igor Ivanovich, which is his middle name, Began to study at the first Kiev Gymnasium. It's funny that was a gym. They called it the Gymnasium. It was a school, but he followed his brother into the naval cadet corps in Saint Petersburg, Russia. He liked the environment of naval officers, and here he found real friends. However, every year he became more and more aware of his true calling. At the end of general education classes, he left the naval cadet corps and entered a higher technical institute to work toward his dream of becoming an engineer
1: Yeah, he seems like he has the mind for it
0: because of unrest and the consequences of repeated revolution this was a really tough time in Russian history Mm -hmm. Russian educational institutes were closing down and Igor couldn't continue his education there so young Igor left Kiev to study in Paris at the Duvino Delano Technical School Okay. I have no idea how to say that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That lasted for one year. Young Igor wasn't studying airships at all, just general engineering concepts, and he also became homesick. But After a year in Paris...
1: Would airships even be something that people would study at this time?
0: Yes. Airships would be the first powered flying machines.
1: Well, yeah, but would was this something that you could go to school and learn about? Or was it... Not really. Okay.
0: This would have been a really, really, really narrow niche
1: exactly. at the time.
0: So young Igor wasn't studying airships at all, just general engineering concepts. After a year in Paris, he returned home and entered the Kiev Polytechnic Institute. He was a terrible engineering student because he was <laughs> hyper-focused on multi-engine airships, like in the Jules Verne novel.
1: Right, and we don't have something today like the degree aerospace engineer
0: right no that, that wasn't a thing he failed his classes and he quit school entirely to pursue his passion at the age of 20 he had grown into an attractive man
2: Ooh, he was Igor. five nine he was described as having a soft even shy manner of speaking
1: so a nerd I sorry guess,
2: <laughs> a, an air nerd and was described as having both moral and physical strength What a, mm. what a dime
1: Right? I mean, I dated an air nerd for like three years. They're not bad.
0: Did he have moral and physical strength like Igor?
1: Um, I'm not going to bad mouth anyone on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <you're>... definitely, yes.
2: <laughs> you uh, said it. Igor was consulting with leading domestic and foreign experts. He visited France and Germany where he bought an engine and what he considered the necessary parts. And in July 1909... In the courtyard of his parents' Kiev home, a dropout engineering student completed the assembly of the first helicopter. He wow. brought it to the stage of full-scale tests and discovered that its lifting force was insufficient for flight.
0: Well, I mean, the Wright brothers could barely fly that. Yeah. So, like, we're trying to build a helicopter. I, just for some perspective back in these days... The engines were giant. They were like they were maybe like 5 liters and they made like 12 horsepower. Would this
2: be like steam engine days?
0: No, it was it was or right the after that combustion they had, engines. They exist. had internal combustion engines, but they were very rudimentary and like I said probably they were probably
1: extremely heavy. They were heavy. Massive.
0: They were big. Mm-hmm. They made very little horsepower for their weight.
1: Yeah. We went to the car museum, the Peterson. Yes, and the first car like the top speed was like 12 miles an hour yeah <laughs> so
0: well it's funny
2: when you hear about like model t car accidents and people were like getting smushed by cars going like five miles an hour yes <laughs> <laughs> they're just not
1: used to things like that on the road i guess
2: okay sorry to interrupt um, Go ahead, continue <clears throat> however in the early spring of 1910 sikorsky built a second helicopter similar to the first but with some design changes and a more powerful engine this time the crazy roto craft was able to lift its own weight at the yes. same time. Igor was also experimenting with designing snowmobiles powered by propellers. So look hmm. at this picture. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That
0: picture is from 1910.
2: It looks like wow. a
1: it looks, bobsled
2: with a yeah, uh, like the fanboat fan on the back with a fanboat fan. Yes. Boat fan. Yeah. Exactly, it looks like a
0: fanboat for the snow. I was gonna say
1: it's almost like a train cuz like the trains come to like a V in the front like a like locomotives.
0: Yeah, and it's got that single light. It does look like a locomotive.
1: But then also it Has put a together with monstrous those engine like, on the back. Yeah, the like fan boats you see yeah. in Florida or other water places, I guess
2: from this experience as well as his experience with his helicopters he learned to design and build propellers then directing all his energy to create what he considered more promising and more profitable machines airplanes so in 1910 he was working with another student on the creation of his first aircraft a biplane so biplanes were
0: already built by this time okay the right right brothers were already flying yeah so it wasn't like he didn't invent the biplane
1: Did he know about the Wright brothers? He did. Okay. Because you know how you hear sometimes about people inventing something at at similar times on different sides of the world?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Wright brothers were in the news. It was very like heavily international news. Right. We also had some people in France. um, And there's some conspiracy surrounding like whether who flew first, the New Zealanders or the French or the Americans. But we do know that aviation was like all the rage and... Anything, Anytime anybody flew anything, it was like international news. Yeah. So he did know about it, and he had like a basis to build a biplane. He didn't buy a kid online, you know, from Acme or something. He had something. to figure it out on his own. He had to figure he, it out, but he had a picture of yeah. like what a flying machine what would look it, like. Yeah, it should. Right. That's anyway. still
1: a lot to build a a machine solely based on a photo of one. And well, at this point, he's 21. Back. Yeah, for real. He's uh, doing great. Yeah, and at this point, like I said, say. he's
0: 21 years old, so... Wow. Pretty smart guy.
1: I wasn't doing anything like that when I was 21.
2: Handsome, smart man. Neither was I. The two students hand-built their first version in a shed at the airport. Oh, so not his parents back here. They're at the airport now.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Um, Upgrade.
2: They attempted to fly their creation, but again, due to power limitations, they only got the airplane to bounce.
0: So kind of like fly in ground effect. Right? Yeah. Touch wheels, touch wheels, touch wheels. Bouncing down our I was thinking about
1: those cars that like... What the is, Mercedes you, that bounces yeah. like like hydraulics and oh
0: yeah hydraulics Inglewood,
2: although still in its infancy, aviation around the world had taken off, and others no were, pun intended, <laughs> and others were already flying. <laughs> others were already flying airplanes far more advanced than those Igor was building. Undeterred, they built another with a similar result, but they didn't lose hope. Then they upgraded cool. slightly, still th- bouncing around. Success came when in the spring of 1911 with their fifth aircraft. Okay. I just want to point out that. Where are they getting 19- 19- the aircraft? Two
0: years and they've built now their fifth. Five. Yeah. Five in and a two shed. years. <laughs> in a shed at the airport.
2: And like. With how, how are they getting
1: parts? funds? Yeah. Just.
2: I'd assume they're just like taking trash Stuff. parts exactly
1: that's right that's putting that's them together what
0: they're doing and also wow. the parts weren't that expensive then because remember at that time an airplane was like a skeleton yeah wrapped with, with engine cloth, engine and so the only real kind of expense you would have is the engine yeah. Yeah. right right
1: no aluminum tubes here yet
0: so his fifth aircraft they called it the c5
2: makes sense i want to know what the c stands for anyway it was yeah, bigger, right. more powerful, and more reliable than the previous ones. And on this biplane, Igor passed his pilot test. I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah, like I, yo, I built. Th- imagine
0: yeah. building a car to get your permit.
1: Wow, <laughs> that is badass.
0: I just want to know who is qualified to give him the pilot test at this point, too. Very good question. Like yeah, some like, other guy who just, just learned the, right it's the guy brothers. who built it with him. He's like, "All right, you did it." Gold star. So
2: he passed his pilot test. He set four world records that he couldn't find anywhere what they were because huh. at this time, everyone was claiming world records with
0: aircrafts. Yeah, there was like... Because as you said, flying was like all the like rage. brand new and all the rage. There were like 100 world records set within like this four-year period yeah. or something. This it was, like was the impossible time... to figure out who did what.
1: This was like the time where everyone was trying to set world records. We w- I listened to an episode of The Dollop where some guy was just trying to set a world, world record records. so he walked around the world backwards or attempted to
2: <laughs> what does he do when he gets to an ocean he did get on a boat <sighs> yeah but then what does he, he just pace backwards that's on what the boat that's until what he that's what time? supposedly he did the whole time was pace backwards <laughs> yes. on the boat while it went yes. okay quite the story um so also with the c5 after pilot test world records uh he flew demonstration flights and even gave rides at the beginning of september that would be terrifying that would be right? horrifying you have to really horrifying. trust him At the beginning of September 1911, the Russian military took notice of the now 22-year-old designer and pilot. Igor demonstrated the superiority of his aircraft over foreign aircraft. Also, in his spare time, he built several light aircraft in his own workshop for a few friends, for free who were also wow. students.
1: <laughs> Talk about this passion guy. projects.
0: Yeah, This guy, uh, just in his spare time, you know what I'm going to build in my shed in my spare time? Just a couple more airplanes. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. what was this For the dude's boys. day job? This is his this everything. Is it, yeah. this is, he dropped out of engineering school. This is his everything. He's just building. Well, now yeah. he has
2: the Russian military looking at him, so they're oh, yeah. probably giving him money.
0: Right. So I, I looked for, I looked to see if I could find any like financial backers, but I, it's 1911. It's a yeah. pretty sketchy record. Yeah. And we're talking about Russian. So I, I wonder if his a parents lot of my research helped. I actually had probably because they're both doctors.
1: Yeah, and they appreciate the finer things, which means they were at a point. But now that he's like setting
2: records and flying people money. around and stuff, he's probably, he's probably making making a little yeah. making money
0: on the... his own, selling yeah. airplane or sell, like he he's building these airplanes for free, but maybe his friends are paying him for it. I don't really paying know for
1: the supplies, at least maybe. A lot of the
0: research that, that could I did, I had sense. to translate mm-hmm. from Russian too. So Oof, that's a lot. Yeah. No
1: wonder this took you like hours. It took me a long time to write this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but if you thought his hands were full with designing, testing, and improving his his own planes he also gave lessons newspapers and magazines wow. started talking about his aviation achievements including his flight school in Kiev and
0: nicknamed him the Russian Farman So Farman refers to yeah uh, Henri Farman okay. and he was an early French pilot who became famous for his stunts
1: Oh got it I was like So he was the Russian in Farman the right
0: and in 1911, Sikorsky developed his sixth aircraft with a more powerful engine and a three-seat cabin, and with it, he set a world speed record in flight with two passengers aboard. Think, think about those passengers. I just—that's a lot of trust. It, yeah. Further modernizing this plane earned him the big gold medal. I love it how they called it. <laughs> I know. The, the name of the medal is the big gold medal.
1: Yeah. How big it's is it?
0: Very Russian. Yes. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to wear it around. It's like it, it's it like goes Flava from Flav his Flav's mid eye,
2: Like
1: I was just a, thinking yeah. about that.
2: Flava Flav with the
1: cloth. of Flav. Flav. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There
0: we go. He'd be making Flava Flav jealous. The big gold medal of the Moscow Aeronautical Exhibition in 1912. The Russian Technical Society also awarded Igor the Medal of Honor for useful work in aeronautics and for the independent development of an airplane of its systems, which gave great results.
1: That's why the gold medal was so big, because it had to have that well, I title. wonder. <laughs> I wonder what's
0: bigger, the gold medal or the Medal of Honor?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There are two different ones. And yeah. if he
2: wore them both around his neck at the same time, could he get the plane off the
0: ground?
1: Probably <laughs> not. It has that's an a extra really good, that's a lot of That is
2: a really
0: good question. And and I think Mary's right. That's that's why it was so big. They had to write all that on it. It's like surreal. dragging it in like a cart behind <laughs>
1: exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it was the wheels on the plane. I don't know if you, you guys metals. ever read
0: newspapers from this time. Everything is ridiculously descriptive. They needed an yeah, editor. Yeah. They like titles of books from this time are basically like the synopsis of the book. They're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, the title a title of a book is like twenty, thirty words long. That's the title of the book.
2: It's and the front
0: it's, and the back of the front cover. Right.
2: Yes. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and now it's just like two words.
0: So because of these titles. awards, the half educated 23 year old dropout received two job offers from the government. First as the chief engineer of the newly formed Naval Aviation Division, and the, and second to the position of chief designer for a private company called the Russian Baltic Wagon Plant, or RBVZ.
1: Who needs college? Igor
0: spent one year with the Naval Aviation Division, and then he resigned. Why? Well, he resigned to focus entirely on his engineering with RBVZ, which is okay. the Russian Baltic Wagon Plant.
1: Having two jobs can be hard. I get it. <laughs>
0: Uh, Let's see. Although he only spent a year with the Russian Naval Aviation Division, it was because of him and a few other aviation pioneers that governments around the world recognized the true potential of air power. It's weird that right now they're like, wow, this is useful.
1: Yes.
2: Like you'd think whenever the first person who flew and it made Internet, whether it was Paris or the Wright brothers or wherever else you said, that they'd be like, let's use this. Right. (laughs) But now it's who knows how long later. And they're like, oh,
1: "Oh. this could this We could should be take helpful. advantage of this." Yeah.
0: I think what's funny is that he was offered two jobs and he took them both. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, that's his uh, that's his style though.
1: And and then he took, he was offered those two jobs after dropping out of college like Right. I love that.
0: The jobs that he took required him to move from Kiev to St. Petersburg, which was then the capital of the Russian Empire, and he brought with him a tight-knit group of aircraft designers, engineers, and pilots all his age. Work so the boys in their
2: free planes are going to St. Petersburg. That's yes. it, all
1: right, boys. Let's fire
0: up your free planes
2: and let's go to St. Petersburg. <laughs> Aircraft Could engineering they? is for the boys. Hey, now in all the right. early 1900s, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know I if I was Igor, making like a bad Barstool sports joke.
1: Yes, I understand. It's like I don't know if Igor's mother would appreciate that being a doctor.
0: Remember that degree he never finished. Right. Well, in 1914, he was awarded an honorary engineering diploma from St. Petersburg Polytechnic Institute for his extensive work on the theoretical and functional creation of multi-engine airships.
1: Work. He deserves that for sure. <sighs> so, again, I have no a question. No one could have taught him that because Wait, it was Wait, I so just niche. realized
2: this whole time, these planes he's building are multi-engine?
0: No, not yet. Okay. Just the airship. So, an airship is a like a yeah, Zeppelin, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. But my my question remains when does he find time to build an airplane have a flight school work, work for the government work for the government <laughs> work for this other company and then he's also designing functional airships
2: oh let's couple just... pints spotify it maybe he had a twin brother
1: yes exactly or yeah. he was
2: they were tri- identical triplets
0: that's
1: oh what it God. was. All they're
2: named right. Igor.
1: <laughs> and they're definitely not dating. There's too much to do.
2: Oh no no no.
1: Well, I was thinking your podcast could do the conspiracy on who actually was the first people to fly. There you go. Conspiracy. Maybe we'll do.
2: I'm recording that tomorrow. I'll pitch it. Uh, by this time, Igor Ivanovich Sikorsky was 24 years old. He was an accomplished pilot, and we forgot to mention he had already crashed an airplane. Why you ask? Which one? Well, a few years back in 1911, he was flying around in one of his own creations when the engine suddenly stopped (gasps) running, Mm. just quit out of nowhere, and the aircraft plummeted to earth.
1: He forgot to get gas.
2: Probably. uh, He forgot to put coal in it. Yes. Um, This injured Igor badly and almost killed him. While in bed recovering, Igor thought about ways to improve the reliability of his aircraft. At that time only single engine aircraft designs existed and after oh. after a few weeks when he could walk again
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
2: Igor studied his own crash and discovered that a mosquito had been ingested into the carburetor starving the engine of fuel it was interesting it was then that Igor devised a simple solution once in St Petersburg when he had the resources both time and money to invest all of his and his team's mental strength into the creation of the world's first multi-engine aircraft. So he's the father of multi-engine aircraft. So cool. By the middle of 1913, he had already thoroughly developed the concept. As Igor said... It was specially designed for operations in and across the vast Russian expanses of our difficult climate. Wow. I mean, that's...
1: That's incredible. The fact that he crashed and was almost killed by this thing and then continued to go on and improve airplanes, it just shows you how passionate he was. Mm-hmm. He laid...
0: I, I, just, I just imagine him laying yeah. in bed. Just half dead. Laying in bed, yeah. half dead, broken legs or whatever, thinking... Oh man, when I get up, I'm gonna put two engines on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> what if I had two? Uh, what if I had two engines? Then if it, then if I hit a mosquito, it would be, it would be okay. Less right. bad. He goes nonstop. All. It's the time.
2: also wild that it wasn't like, because now you hear about like bird strikes. It was a mosquito, sh- like
0: one mosquito yeah.
1: took so, down a whole plane. <laughs>
0: yeah. So to clarify that, basically, back when internal combustion engines were new, they had a carburetor. The carburetor was very simple. It had a single jet, and they didn't use air filters. Oh. So the mosquito could have just come in, clogged the only yeah. jet in the carburetor that's yeah. feeding the engine with fuel mm-hmm. and starved the engine of fuel. Wow. So And almost killed our boy. And Jeez. almost killed him. He, he he almost died.
1: Yeah, I wonder like if he had died, how much longer it would have been before oh, we boy. had multi-engine. Well,
2: he planes. had all his friends, but I guess they weren't working on it until he until right. he, he kind of came up. I mean, up with he was a, down you know,
1: for a while, again. and they didn't look at his yeah. his crashed plane. He had to get better and then go do it himself.
0: So also, he's kind of the father of uh, crash investigations. Th- True, this
1: guy. I
2: don't know. <laughs> uh, however, the possibility of such an aircraft then considered gigantic, was dismissed at the time by most aviation authorities. Nevertheless, the chairman of the board of the RBVZ supported his 23-year-old chief designer, and in March 1913, the world's first four-engine air giant was built. So this is what he built. Looks like a train. It does. (laughs) It looks like a train with wings or something. The owner of the RBVZ had taken a long shot bet on a 23-year-old, and it paid off. Igor engineered endlessly and was given the resources to do so. The creation of each aircraft meant an important leap forward. During only 1912 and 1913, he helped develop the first seaplane, the first aircraft sold abroad, the first specially designed training aircraft, the first production aircraft in the world, and the first how do you use it? Monocoque. That? Monocoque
0: aircraft. All right. Wow. So I'll talk about monocoque real quick. So the first aircraft were essentially skeletons that were wrapped in cloth. We talked about that, right? Yeah. yeah. And that design has a lot of limitations, especially like how much weight can it carry? How durable is it? Because right. we're wrapping it in cloth.
1: Which is very flammable. It's
0: pretty flammable. It also Also, with a single structure like that, your wings can only get so long until... They right. don't really work anymore. There's
1: not that much stability. They,
0: right. There's not much strength in them. So when we dis- when we talk about a monocoque airplane, that means that the skin becomes some of the structure of the airplane.
1: Made essentially
0: from bringing into what we know now.
1: But what was it made from? Was it also made from cloth?
0: No. Sometimes it was made from steel. Sometimes it was made from aluminum. The early airplanes used corrugated steel, Okay. So, like roof panels. So, it could be light. Yeah. But they transitioned to aluminum construction really quickly because they found out the benefits of the weight and strength of aluminum. So, a monocoque airplane is kind of what we would recognize as a modern airplane. So, just one that, yeah, mono, it's all. Yes, right. It's all, instead of having a structure and a skin, Mm -hmm. it's all structure and skin. So, Igor basically made modern planes. Correct. That's modern. He is the first person to, d- to develop a monocoque airplane, which is what we have today. Wow. So cheers, Igor. Good yeah. shit. Yeah.
1: Why don't we learn about him when we learn about the Wright brothers? Oh, boy. Oh, I maybe I really do want to are somewhere. I
0: do want to talk about that eventually. We don't have to talk about it now. Let, let's go through and find out all like the other crazy shit that he does. Yeah, this isn't even like, I don't want to say the tip of the iceberg.
1: Tell that's me more. Cheesy,
2: But this dude does some wild shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's only 23 at yeah. this point.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Um, was incredible. Keep reading. Sorry. (laughs) Igor Sikorsky designed the first aerobatic aircraft, and like we said, the first multi-engine aircraft. Three aircraft designed by Sikorsky came out as winners at the international competition for military aircraft. Mm -hmm. His design, called the S-10 Reconnaissance Aircraft, was the backbone of the Russian Baltic Fleet at the beginning of the First World War. The maneuverable s12 was also mass produced and then successfully used in the frontline combat in world war one at the same time the rbvz developed such a name in aviation manufacturing that several foreign aircraft designs were being built at the plant in st petersburg much of the jigs and machinery used to build these aircraft were designed under close supervision of igor sikorsky so It's fair to say that Igor is among the founders of not only aircraft design, but aircraft manufacturing, making him the father of civil as well as military aviation. It just gets... Well, like Mary said, I wonder if he either died or like just, you know, didn't exist. Where would we be? Yeah. I agree
0: with
2: that. Yeah, how
1: much later would it have taken for someone else to do this? I was just looking up those planes that were at the front of the Russian fleet. Fleet. And it looks kind of just like the r- first ones we saw, but also to go not back cloth. a little
2: bit, the audacity to invent a seaplane. Yeah,
0: I agree with yeah. that. What are you looking at, Mary? Insane. Which the, one is that the one? S12. The S twelve. The S twelve. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's more just like Sleek. traditional, like we think, like it doesn't have the the it's not two a biplane, levels. The which biplane. Which is called a biplane.
0: Yeah, it's not a biplane. It's a monoplane, so we call that a monoplane, and it's also monocoque, so it uses metal for its wing material yeah. and, its, and its fuselage material rather than cloth. Okay, there we go. The Sikorsky family was certainly successful, and at about the same time, Igor's f- father, remember his name was Ivan, mm-hmm. gained world fame. He'd studied and published many works on psych- ps- psychiatry, mm-hmm. general psychology, psychology and s- neuropsychiatric hygiene. I don't know what that is.
1: Neuropsychiatric hygiene? Something about yeah. it seems like keeping re- your...
0: Brain clean, yeah, Probably. right. That's that's Based what it sounds like to words. me. Yeah, he,
1: I'm like that sounds like three random words smushed together. Well,
0: Ivan paved the way for many of our modern concepts in these fields. Okay, so he's kind of a so Ivan Sikorsky, Igor's father, is kind yeah. of like one of the fathers of modern
1: psychology, and psychology and
0: psychiatry. Yeah,
1: wow. His father what was also
0: was also a pioneer, but not always in the best ways. Uh oh. The Russian government had come to Ivan to help them solve a particularly heinous murder. The Belize case, where hmm. a 13 year old Ukrainian boy disappeared on his way to school. Eight days later, his mutilated body was discovered in a cave near a brick factory.
1: This is sur- suddenly turned into true crime.
0: Menahem Mendel Belize was arrested on July 21st, of 1911, after a lamplighter testified that the boy had been kidnapped by a Jew. Oh, gosh. Belize was assumed. To be the murderer and spent two years in jail awaiting trial
1: Yeah, also that's just hearsay you can't necessarily i mean i know things have changed now but you can't like put somebody in jail and count them as guilty based off of hearsay
0: you can if you're in early 20th century russia
1: they didn't get like a description of what this person looked like just a jew (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's what it says you? that's also, literally wouldn't just... a lamplighter
2: be wandering around in the dark exactly. i would think so too i would think so too i
1: mean this is just as what bad a job and kind of the same connotation of people who just say oh it was a black guy that did this that and they're
0: 100 you are 100 yeah. percent correct that's where my mind went and that happened so much in the united states yeah i think it just hit the news and Somebody had to be responsible for the murder, the, right. the like brutal murder of an eight-year-old.
1: They just want to take or care of it so that people aren't worrying.
0: That's it. Law enforcement reached out to Ivan Sikorsky, which is Igor's father, and Ivan studied the circumstances and decided that this had been a ritual murder conducted by the Jews. Mm. <sighs> okay, so sparked, not liking him as much So that anymore. sparked a wave of anti-Semitism. And a violent reaction from both citizens and the Russian intelligentsia.
1: But was there any sort, I mean, I've never heard of any sort of ritualistic killing in like Judaism or in that community. Was it literally just because this guy Ivan was making shit up? He
0: thought he knew what he was doing, but he had a lot of preconceived notions, obviously. It's
2: also like a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists back in this time and earlier would just like make
0: shit up. Yeah, people absolutely. were like, oh, well,
2: you
1: know
0: what you're talking about.
1: Right. It's all so new.
0: Menahem Belize was found not guilty two years later. Good. Ivan had unintentionally exposed Russia as hugely anti-Semitic and the world had noticed. The lines of questioning, psychological assessments, investigative techniques and biases used in the investigation helped to lay the groundwork For a covert police force that actually survived the the Bolshevik revolution and would later be known as the KGB.
1: No way. Wow.
0: But after the trial and the backlash of the entire world, Ivan fell ill. He returned home to his professor job in Kiev. He died a year later.
1: For some reason, I'm not so sad about that. It's almost like
0: karma or something, right? Mm. (laughs) So this being the aluminum tube <laughs>
2: it's important that we go back to the multi-engine airplane
0: after yes. all that <laughs> after, uh. after all that talk about tubes, let's go back to the multi-engine airplane please cuz i really don't want to hang on that one get too long. into that
2: it was called the S9 Russian Night the rumor about the air giant rolled across russia and around the world in europe the fledging aviation industry cast doubts on the viability of such a large airplane because how could something so heavy actually fly
1: how could somebody um doubt igor at this point though yeah right yeah i was like well also you said didn't that, the russians like, build
2: i forget the it was like the A. it was the world's biggest airplane
0: that they just blew up in ukraine the, the ukrainians built it oh yeah the ukrainians built it the antonov an-226 yeah 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 Emperor Nicholas
2: came out to inspect it. It was, in fact, the first twin-engine airplane, surpassing every other aircraft at the time in size and weight. It marked the beginning of a new direction in aviation, heavy aircraft construction. The S9 became the prototype for all subsequent passenger airliners, heavy bombers, and transport aircraft, and it launched an aviation industrial revolution as designers around the world sought to simply catch up. The creation of this multi-engine giant brought Igor Sikorsky much-deserved world fame. He became a national hero in Russia. Further development of the design of the Russian knight is the four-engine Ilya Muromets. Igor replaced landing gear for floats, and until 1917, the largest seaplane in the world was born. For the first time in the world, serial production of air giants began at RBVZ and other plants around the world. So now they're just building giant aircraft.
1: Now it's not just human bros.
2: Bussing out planes. Yeah, now
0: they're busting out airplanes and selling jobs. them. Yeah, absolutely.
2: During the First World War, the Meromet were effectively used as heavy bombers and long range reconnaissance aircraft. 85 were built, making the Russian Naval Aviation Division the most powerful air force in the world during World War One. But not only heavy bombers, Sikorsky created or oversaw the creation of light fighters twin-engine fighter bombers, and attack aircraft. His factory and others expanded and built a complete fleet. I'll say that three times fast. His factory and others can expanded and built a complete fleet of aircraft of all types used in the First World War and mass-produced for the civilian market.
1: So he's definitely, like, moving on up in the world. Oh, yeah.
0: There's- yeah. He's making Russia into... A military, a military A military and a manufacturing powerhouse.
1: Almost, sing- Almost single-handedly. single-handedly. Yep. Like, because, obviously, with the help of, like, factory workers and, like, and the, the money from the government. But oh, yeah, definitely. He, it's his brain. Yeah. What did you say? Sorry. And RBVZ, I said, and the boys. Yes, the boys. The boys.
0: <laughs> and RBVZ is building not only Russian airplanes, but they're now building, like, other designs from other manufacturers and other people. So like I said, not only are they becoming like powerful themselves, but they're becoming like a manufacturing center. At the age of 25. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) I thought he was going to be at least 30 at this point.
2: The age of 25, Sikorsky became a knight of the order of St. Vladimir. Think being knighted by the queen. So that's like...
1: well-deserved. Yeah. For real. Yeah.
2: So now he's Sir Igor... No, I don't know if they call them that in Russia. Anyway... By the age of 28, he was he a national hero, medal medal. and he had, he had sketched a lot of other aircraft designs. <laughs> he got it, the big, big gold. He got the, yeah. big, big he got gold. the humongous gold medal. Exactly. Yes. He was very creative, but the world was not keen
0: to cooperate. The Bolshevik Revolution abruptly changed the fate of Igor Sikorsky in 1917. All the work at RBV stopped. RBVZ stopped. None of his new aircraft were finished. Workers at RBVZ went on strike, and bands of workers formed vigilante teams who would kill or imprison managers, engineers, and other higher-ups, who they knew supported the Russian monarch. Hmm. Well, Igor Sikorsky was known for his devotion to both the church and the Tsar.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he was knighted. He was. So and this was like Anastasia like that t- about to be that time right yes
0: if you have ever watched i don't know Downton Abbey
1: Downton Abbey that time
0: so in Downton Abbey, right so in Downton Abbey actually the timeline is correct because the Bolshevik revolution happens during Downton Abbey yeah so
1: <laughs> uh, yeah cuz they're concerned about the whole royalty thing being over with and, and and the uproar happening
0: and it was over with so as so as power came to the Bolsheviks Sikorsky knew the monarch was gone and gone forever, and he knew that he had a target on his back. He and his family were threatened, and Igor Ivanovich Sikorsky accepted an offer from the French government to continue working on his aircraft at the Allied factories in France. So this was during World War I.
1: Was his dad still a thing?
0: No, no his, his dad had already died. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, Just By this time he had married...
1: Yeah, I Her was, name was Olga. to say his family. I'm like, how did he have time for dating with all that going on? I'm not going to
0: say he dated. I, 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 looked, I, tried to, I tried to look up Olga. I
1: guess you didn't really date back then. You but like also I'd assume it
0: was once.
2: like he was kind of like a, well, not a catch. You don't think he's a catch? I think he's a cat. I'm trying to find the word, whatever. He was world famous at this point. Right, like a celebrity. So I don't even know if he had to date it. Just be like, hey, I'm the airplane guy. You want to get married? And she was like, fuck yeah, Yeah. <laughs> so <Also>, I'm <laughs> sure yeah.
1: he's well off, like, gotten all this work done and worked with the government. And he has a big gold medal. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Show me your big gold medal. For mm. his,
0: so for his own safety, he left his wife and his newborn daughter, Tatiana, with relatives. And in March 1918, he sailed from Murmansk to Paris.
1: I'm just thinking of the drag queen, Tatiana. Sorry. you, you think he'd fly. Yeah, right. I think it would be a little more obvious, though, if he's trying to get away. Bringing his
0: designs, Igor went to work as an engineer in an allied plant, but World War I ended before Sikorsky had time to build the French version of the four-engine Mermets. Hmm. Then, post-war, there were no jobs in France. Russia was plunged deep into a civil war. So in 1919, Igor decided to move to the U.S., where he believed that heavy aircraft construction was the future.
1: Did he bring his family this time? Do we know?
0: Yeah, we'll find out. Okay. After World War One, the aviation industry was truly stagnant. World War One left a ton of surplus aircraft on the market, and the need for n- new aircraft was minimal. Also, right,
1: and everyone had just spent money on a world war. We're just trying to like...
0: Climb out of get it. Get
1: things together again.
0: Also, the U.S. now had a budding aviation industry, but the market was tiny. Right, right. Igor was also a little late to the game to get into manufacturers in the United States. Hmm. So Igor traveled to New York and he found himself unemployed. As he put it, quote, it I was forced to work as an evening school teacher. Oh. It doesn't sound that bad. No. I think most people would be happy with an evening sc- school teacher. But, you so know, Igor s- has to have like eight projects at the same time. Yeah. and you Maybe
1: he can have some time to like focus on himself. Focus on his family. Maybe make another kid. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> anyway, but he didn't stop. Of course, Not. because he never sleeps. Right? Or something <laughs> for real. So in 1923, he managed to put together a company of Russian immigrants, previous engineers, aerospace assembly workers, and pilots. And together they formed Sikorsky Aero Engineering Corporation.
1: The new boys.
2: It could be the same boys. Who knows? It's fair. Life somehow got better. Two of Igor's sisters and his daughter Tatiana came to the U.S. from the now U.S.S.R. His Sleep. wife Olga refused to leave, and Igor oh. wooed and married Elizaveta Semenova. Beautiful. By his and his children's account, his marriage was very happy, and as happens in happy marriages, four sons appeared one after the <laughs> other, each close to just a year apart. Sergei, yep. Nikolai, Igor, and George. <laughs> imagine george. being george yeah <laughs>
1: he, yeah he i mean can definitely pronounce his name here in america
2: and i think we can all admit when igor goes in on something he goes all in
0: <laughs> i mean four kids in a row right four years you know
1: i'm just curious like i kind of want to know what happened to his uh wife that wouldn't leave you the ussr like
0: I tried to look her up.
1: I mean, how would you find that? I couldn't Unless find any you like information. went over there and it maybe looked not, in some said, records. Yeah, it just physical said. Physical records.
0: It just said he left. Yeah. He left. And so after that, there's like no record of her. So and, interesting. But she did send his daughter, Yeah, Tatiana. that's
1: why I'm like, I want to know a little more about this woman.
2: The first Sikorsky S-29 aircraft that was built in exile was assembled in 1924 in a rickety pole barn. Which belonged to one of the founders of Russian Naval Aviation Division.
1: I love how you can see the little stepladder. I
0: know. <laughs> but also think about it, like he's building it with the founder of the Russian Air Force. Yeah. Everybody um, got kicked out of Russia. Everybody who was anybody got kicked out. And now they're all working for Igor.
2: Yeah. In New York. I wonder where in New York. Um, oh, we 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 are, we are gonna wanted. learn. Oh, oh we are? Yeah. Sikorsky Arrow consisted of of a virtual who's who's list of Russian emigrants. Sergei Rachmaninoff. That was good. uh, At one time was even listed as the vice president of the Sikorsky Corporation. Sergei was a Russian composer, virtuoso pianist, and conductor, and is considered one of the finest pianists of the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. So what's, is he just there because he's
0: someone? He what does he know about you planes? Know, he doesn't know anything about planes. I mean oh, you gotta listen shit.
1: to tunes while you're building stuff. Yeah, Maybe he doesn't you know anything about planes. music. <laughs>
2: Imagine you go to like get your oil changed and they're just playing like <laughs> classical music. Yes. There's a guy there live yes. playing classical music. That's <laughs> so, I mean they
1: have pl- I'm thinking about like the airports you're in sometimes where they have the pianos and people stop and play too. Well also I was kind of thinking about like you sit get in a taxi in New York. It's possibly an immigrant, and like, if you talk to them, to them for five minutes, sometimes they they were a doctor, or oh, yeah. like a, an engineer, like these guys. And just because they came to America, they're like trying to get their certification. Those stories again. are sad. Sad. That's dad. like a
2: uh, in the office that Asian dude who works in the warehouse like used to be a doctor, but then he accidentally killed someone, so he moved to America and now he works in a warehouse. Yeah. But that's also a fictional TV show, so. Yeah, yes. I mean, I was gonna, I was going to mention
0: Family Guy too. There's like two Portuguese fishermen, and they're like just mopping the deck and stuff. And one of goes, and one of them says something like, "I was a surgeon back in Portugal, or something like that."
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So let's get back to the. Airplane. Sorry, go ahead. The S twenty nine was a twin engine biplane, and it became the largest in America. It was reliable. It performed really well. Igor was once again in the limelight and immediately regained his world fame, which was quite unpleasant for the Bolsheviks, who wrote that Igor was, quote, the Tsar's godson and hmm. called the newly founded company the, quote, aviation white guard, which refers to those, uh, refers to those people who defended the monarch. I mean, you were talking Russia.
1: about it from the bathroom. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Igor became both hated by the Bolsheviks and the Bolshevik supporters and loved by the general population in Russia, but he couldn't return to Russia for fear of imprisonment or assassination. Wow. But the S-29 was not bought in high numbers because frankly, at the time, nobody needed it. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. So they switched to making light airplanes, but again, the American aircraft market was saturated with light aircraft. As an historical note, this is around the time that the airlines started flying mail and the first passengers.
1: That's what I was going to ask. Cause it's, they definitely were flying cargo and mail and things first.
0: However, they did this using airplanes that were largely surplus from World War One. That's so, a
2: couple pints soundbite right there. I love it. <laughs> so the U.S. didn't... It's like a so, artist Anyway, sound.
0: so the U.S. didn't need more light airplanes at the time. And like I said, nobody was ready for heavy transports. Igor knew how to build all these things, but they weren't needed.
1: Right, because we're not... Bombing anyone anymore.
0: Right, we're not bombing anybody. But a heavy transport you could use for stuff
2: besides yeah. bombs. You yeah. could, but
1: was it maybe they not see the future of financially yet? The, uh, viable?
2: What's the circus? The Barnum and Bailey could have mm-hmm. used it to fly elephants around the country. Sikorsky yeah, that, that was dumb.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> Continue. It, we're just brainstorming ideas.
0: Sikorsky decided a new market was needed. Heavy international flying boats that could fly across the Atlantic. Excuse insane. me. <laughs> Yeah, he raised money. Is it money. a boat
1: if it flies? Uh, yes. <laughs> it literally looks like a little speedboat with planes. Well, that's a small one on top.
0: But there was a big, big one called the S thirty five. So Google Sikorsky S thirty five. Heavy international flying boats. He raised money, and lots of people invested in him. Like I said, not his airplanes, in him. Yeah, because they really believed in him. Mostly Russian immigrants who already knew his history. A lot of Russians back in Russia learned about this endeavor, and they began to send Sikorsky their modest savings. It arrived from all over the world. Sikorsky built the S-35, but it crashed under mysterious circumstances just after launch, and none of the budding airlines placed any orders.
2: Uh, yet again, his spirit was not broken, so he designed a 10-seat twin-engine amphibian, looking a bit more like a modern plane. Newspapers wrote it that the S-38 amphibian amphibious, revolutionized aviation that it flew, landed, and splashed down where only Indian pies and hunting boats used to live. What does that mean? Where only Indian pies and hunting boats used to be.
0: I mean, if we didn't have proper racism, this wouldn't be a historical <laughs> podcast. True. I don't know what... Well, I don't know what Indian, Indian pie. I mean, I assume hunting boats are like fishermen. Right. Indian so, pies and
2: hunting boats, I don't really know.
0: I mean, we can get from the context
2: that it means... Remote. Wait, let me read it yeah. like a newspaper guy. Oh, uh, yes. Wrote that the S-38 amphibious revolutionized aviation. That it flew, landed, <laughs> and splashed down where all the Indian pies and hunting boats used to be.
1: Yes. Oh, now that was sense. perfect. Now I it makes, makes it. much yeah, more
0: sense. Now I get that it. That was the 30s boy- voice we needed.
1: Also, it kind of looks like a hearse. No, with, to me, it, on it looks like. and a boat on the front. It looks and like
2: the, on the one of the lifeboats from like a cargo ship, like Sully with an airplane strapped to the top yes. of it.
1: Yes. It's, I agree with that, so but funny. it's blue. It's,
2: yeah, it's cool stylish. looking, though. Wow. It is really cool looking.
1: It, maybe his favorite color was blue.
2: Igor renamed his company Sikorsky Aviation Corporation and received a lot of orders. They moved the company nice. from Long Island. Shout out from Long Island. Yes. Pretty sick spot. Shout uh, out to Long Island. That's also where Grumman <laughs> Grumman's from, Long Island. That's right. Um, they moved the company from Long Island to its own plant in Stratford, near Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, so we're staying northeastern. In June 1929, Sikorsky Aviation was merged into United Aircraft and Transport, not associated with United Airlines.
1: I was about to say.
2: That turned into United Technologies, which was eventually absorbed by Raytheon, a huge aerospace military civilian conglomerate that makes everything from planes and helicopters to escalators and fire
0: extinguishers where Sikorsky still exists. Yeah, that's where the company still exists today, within that conglomerate of Raytheon. For some reason, I thought he was still alive. I was like,
2: this dude does not quit. Right. He never (laughs) quits. Okay, so So. the company still exists.
0: Well, Raytheon. Yes, within Raytheon. Well, I've heard of Raytheon. Sikorsky still exists within
2: Raytheon. But it's interesting to note that in 1929, three of the five aircraft manufacturing firms that were a part of United Aircraft and Transport Sikorsky, Hamilton, and Shantsavout. Uh-huh. Okay, sick. ...had Russian immigrants working as their chief designers. Sikorsky Aviation quickly gained strength. Its staff increased. Its president was still Igor Sikorsky, now age 40. 40. Okay. He's We've, the president. He's fucked
0: <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like, he's 40. I just... Man, this guy.
2: His engineers still entirely emigrants from Russia. His younger brother, Sergei was also a talented designer, and Igor employed him as well. Hmm. He had employed his close friends, a.k.a. Boys. the boys, and his career-long contemporaries, the old boys. <laughs> Igor said of these people... The, OG. the yes. OGs. The OGs, said said Igor said of these people, they are ready to die for me, just as I am for them. What a Russian quote, dude. You're building airplanes, and right. no one's dying.
1: I don't think anyone in a factory would say that about another co-worker nowadays. Like, I'm ready to die for them. No, maybe yeah, not. Yeah,
2: right. Sikorsky bega- became a mecca for Russian immigrants. Here, many people from the former Russian Empire found work, and the company trained them as designers and engineers. So now, after creating all this shit, he basically started a, a fucking aerospace engineering college. Yep. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> you were talking about him being world famous again, now that he's moved to New York, and then moved his company to connecticut connecticut yeah yeah. bridgeport but i wonder if there was some sort of difficulty for russians to get jobs
0: i mean there's always difficulty there's
1: always difficulty so i'm like maybe he's giving these people who are extremely smart and talented who wouldn't have an opportunity anywhere else an opportunity which is kind of cool
0: absolutely he's heavily nationalistic but his country is gone what yeah. he knew as Russia is right. gone. It's now the USSR. Yeah. And so he is still very loyal to his, essentially his countrymen. Yeah. But not so much his country. So that's it's, fair. I mean, it's, it, that's pretty noble, right? Yeah. Some of the Russian emigrants left the firm and made names for themselves in other enterprises in the US and around the world. One became the founder of the US Coast Guard.
2: Yeah, that's why.
0: What? <laughs> Yep. Wow. Another became the Russian Orthodox Archbishop of Western Canada, among others. Remember that wow. Igor Sikorsky, the whole time, is a really strong supporter of the Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah. I didn't realize that. He is, yeah. Okay. Is. So, as a result, Stratford, Connecticut became heavily Russian. The emigrants opened a club, a school, they built an Orthodox church, and even created a Russian opera and ballet. This city became so deeply Russian that it still bears a lot of Russian names for its streets.
1: Wow! And also, that's probably where the pianist was in the in the place that did the plays and the probably. all that. Yeah, that's where he was.
0: Some immigrants who moved never learned English because they never needed to. I mean, so he built an aerospace company that essentially supported, created a town. Created a town of Russian immigrants.
1: That's incredible.
0: Sikorsky again started to build flying boats with 45 and more seats. Clippers, as they were called. They were the first planes to circumnavigate the globe and conduct regular international airline service abroad. It's worth noting that Igor saw these huge flying boats as the realization of his childhood dreams.
1: Oh, we're making dreams come true. All right. He's making his own dreams come James true. is going
0: to pick up. And he's only 40. The
2: Sikorsky flying boat attracted the attention of the world-famous airline Pan American. Wow. And they bought many. The elegant S42, oh, that's the one. Yes. Sick. Wait, I lost my place. The elegant S42 started service in 1934 on a passenger line connecting North and South America. In 1935, Pan American opened flights across the Pacific Ocean. 1937 the first scheduled passenger flights across the Atlantic began all flying Sikorsky products and his flying boat became the first aircraft to reliably connect all continents wow the Soviet Union purchased the flying boat and used it in propaganda films like the movie Volga Volga to demonstrate the success of communism because of course they did
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: when as we have seen none of this happened under the communist regime
1: I don't know if you have any of this in the episode, but there's some really interesting facts on this page. They could fly this plane could fly from San Francisco to Honolulu in eighteen hours and forty eight minutes. Wow, which is is a short a long time because normally that's like six hours, like now.
0: But I feel
1: like if you rode on a boat there to there, it would be probably days.
0: Yeah, okay. So it's just for week. just for context, that segment from the United States to Honolulu is the longest segment without a place to stop. Yeah. in yeah. the whole world. Um, well wow.
1: it was uh, the pioneering flight across the Pacific from is San Francisco was the first one. And it was the largest aircraft to visit New Zealand in 1935 when Pan American Airlines approached the New Zealand government for a proposal to operate scheduled services between the United States and New Zealand as an extension of its already operating routes across the Pacific to China and the Philippines. So they're
0: basically flying this Sikorsky everywhere they can fly it.
2: Yeah.
1: And it seems like the best option for long it's going journey. a long it's, way, yeah. yeah. The
0: airplane's going a long way. They're also flying nonstop across the Atlantic.
1: It's amazing.
0: And then Russia was like, ha-ha, look what we got. Look what After we did. They look what one.
2: communism did. Yeah, it's but- extra funny that they, that it says uh, demonstrate the success of communism when he left before communism existed and he then did. built this in America. Yes. Yeah. They built their last flying boat in 1937 because the board of United Aircraft even decided to merge the Sikorsky company with the Sean Vout company. I said that differently earlier. Whatever. (laughs) Sean Vout Vout. company. Because the board stopped production of the flying boat, the now 50-year-old Igor had to urgently change the genre and looking for a more promising niche. The USSR reached out to Igor and offered him the moon to return to the Soviet Union. Although tempted for money, his life was fully in the US. He and the company rejected the offer. Igor Sikorsky turned all his attention to his engineering school project, hmm. developing a fundamentally new and at that time still unknown to anyone aircraft, the helicopter.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. So
2: now his we're bringing it back.
0: We're running that design. shit back. Yep. Igor Sikorsky, for the third time, began his creative career almost from scratch in the now quiet assembly hangar of the United Plant. Ahead of him, Upgrade he saw a new a goal.
1: Yeah.
0: Ahead of him, he saw a new goal, even more challenging than any previous goal, but he was alone in the market. He had already developed the fundamentals for the helicopter, and in his, and in his eyes, he was poised for greatness, as if he hadn't already achieved enough.
1: For real, also, yeah, he's done this before, but the technology and his resources weren't there to make it a success. Well, he but never now built he
2: ha- a helicopter, he built a model of a helicopter as a right. kid, and then he's like, I want to do this. Exactly. He built a prototype, he built two oh, prototypes, yeah, 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 but yeah, 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 they yeah.
0: never really it went anywhere. They right, never went anywhere, they were anywhere. Too they, heavy, but they they were, now, we, but the now technology we've technology all, is all like, kinds of engine technology, like yeah, 30 and years later, yeah. The first experimental helicopter took to the air with Igor at the controls on September 14th, 1939. So not wow. only does he build it, he flies it. He decides to fly it himself as yep. the first person.
1: I mean, it's also kind of a big thing to ask somebody else. It's like, hey, I built this thing for the first time, and but that's nobody's why you bring the boys, dude. Yes, true. He's remember one that, of the boys? Hey, remember
0: that prototype plane I built? You check this shit out. Go yes. fly it. I, I agree. I I. I actually think that what you're saying has a whole lot of merit. I think that he literally had the boys with him the whole time. Yeah. It's, it means a lot. And then all lot, these famous sure. ex-Russians joined. Yes. So this so this new thing that he built had a single rotor scheme with a swashplate and a tail rotor.
1: So like a... Wow. What's it a literally... swashplate?
0: Okay. A swashplate is an amazing engineering design I don't know who invented it. I'm going to guess it was Igor Sikorsky, where it allows the Let's angle look. of the helicopter blade to change as it oh. goes through the cycle. Yes. So it because can that because change direction correct. So it can turn left, yeah. turn right, go forward, go backwards. Because the helicopter blade doesn't just it's not just a blade like a like a propeller blade that spins because that would only go in one way. Yeah. Okay. A Mm-mm. swash plate allows and it. Andy Mitchell. Anthony Every Mitchell. Every individual
2: blade can adjust as it moves yeah. through the orbit. I just it's weird this can I just watched like this long video at work about how helicopter blades work.
1: Oh perfect. <laughs> so but
2: so who invented swash the swashplate?
1: Plate. A swashplate, also known as a slant disc, was invented by Anthony Mitchell in nineteen seventeen. Oh wow. It's a mechanical engineering device used to translate the motion of a rotoring shaft into reciprocating motion or vice versa there's a really great gif on here that you might have to put on the Instagram
0: okay cool
1: so I wonder anyway, what
2: he was using it for though
0: yeah th- it, it doesn't seem like he's using it for the same thing that Sikorsky's using it for
1: um but also leave uses, it up to
2: Sikorsky to
0: be like hey using that, use that. Shit. Mitchell squash- invented that swash plate remember so what I'm saying is this guy M- Mitchell invented a plate that That would move pistons back and forth, and then, and then Sikorsky adapted it for use in the helicopter. It's unbelievable. This dude, he adapted it. He had to figure the big brain on this guy. He had to figure out, hey, how can we translate motion throughout the cycle, and the blade can't stay at the same angle. So how do we do that? So he adapted the swashplate to it. It's just fucking unbelievable. Okay. It had a single... Ro- so the, his helicopter had a single rotor scheme scheme with a swashplate and a tail rotor. This is still how over 90% of helicopters are configured. Other designers heavily criticized the design as unmarketable and dangerous. Hmm. The second would prove to be true. However, the first was false. It was very marketable. Right. I'm going to call helicopters it heli- are kind of dangerous. I'm gonna call helicopters dangerous though anyway,
1: but they're very useful. There's like uh. places that you can go in New York that you can pay like two hundred and fifty dollars and they'll drop you off at an airport and it takes like twenty minutes oh, instead yeah. of having to drive or take the train and I know of people who are rich and like or just very well off because they created a business and that's done really well, and they just do that if they're running really late.
2: Andrew Schultz who's a big New York comedian, did that on Friday. And one of the heliports is right next to Chelsea Piers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he took a helicopter from essentially
0: Chelsea Piers to JFK to get on a plane to go to Vegas. After two years of intense testing and fine-tuning of the experimental article... In 1942, an experimental two-seat helicopter called the S-47 was created and tested, and it entered production. It was the only helicopter used in World War II. Sikorsky's shares went up again. The Board of United Aircraft then restored the independence of Igor to run the Sikorsky Aircraft Company, and they built a helicopter factory in Bridgeport. Igor moved to Bridgeport, but never pulled roots from Stratford. The factory remained the primary factory until 1955 when demand for helicopters forced him to expand and a new plant was built in Stratford where Sikorsky returned to his old home literally.
1: Wait, his old home? In Stratford.
0: In Stratford. In Stratford. In Stratford. Okay, so he had sorry. like moved out of Stratford, but yeah. he never sold his house.
1: Oh, in his old, old, that's why you were saying literally. He literally
0: just moved back into his that's old house. That's so funny. Anyway, James, go ahead.
2: Um, in 1957 the United States established the concept of Marine One. Which is the presidential helicopter, right? Right. Yeah. By this time, we already had an Air Force One. Marine One was the designation put on the helicopter used to transport the president on shorter trips. Dwight Eisenhower being the first to use Marine One. From the beginning, Marine One has been a Sikorsky product. The current presidential support fleet consists of 11 Sikorsky Sea Knights and 8 Sikorsky White Hawks.
1: I mean, it just kind of looks like a helicopter. Like oh so the White
2: line. Hawk is literally a single blade Marine 1.
0: Yes, Marine yeah. 1. Sikorsky has always made transport helicopters. I don't know if they build any any uh military, military helicopters. helicopters. Yeah. Well cuz they built a bunch of military planes. I mean this right. is
1: it's I looked up Sikorsky Black Hawk and it's the UH-60. Okay, the so type.
0: Sikorsky does make the Black Hawk. Once Igor
2: had spare time and money sp- spare time <laughs> does uh, this
1: guy ever have spare time
0: we'll check this shit i mean he's got four freaking yeah, right? kids and, a, four wife kids, and like, a wife and he's 18, a president and he's got, companies exactly yep so he, i mean he the boys <laughs> he's making spare yeah. time, anyway. time for the boys does he's he making sleep? spare time so- i don't think he sleeps i don't he's think he's making so. spare time somewhere
2: once he had spare time and money he loved to travel traveled all over america by car and flew around the world for fun he loved mountain climbing and climbed most of the tallest peaks in america and canada <gasps> Volcanoes were his special love.
1: This guy. He
2: quotes, a mighty and majestic phenomenon phenomenon of nature. He preferred solitude can. to human communication and preferred to drive most places in the U.S. as opposed to flying. Why? So he also invented cross-cut. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the car- the cross This is feature. a Time
2: Magazine cover in 1953 or well, yeah, something like that. we haven't even seen him yet. Well, that's what he looked like in 1953. Still handsome. Yeah. Yeah, still a good-looking guy. Uh,
1: I feel like I could tell he has, like, a big brain just by that Also, just
2: so Russian. Like, if you were, like, if you showed me a picture of this guy with no context, and you're like, where's he from? He's Russian.
1: Yes. Even (laughs) though he's on the (laughs) Time magazine.
0: You're totally right.
2: Over time, more advanced Sikorsky light helicopters were designed and built for a variety of purposes. Unlike the airplane industry, Sikorsky had no real competition. In this scenario, Igor thrived. Sikorsky Aviation created transport helicopters that were extremely successful. All attempts made by competitors to create something close in performance to his helicopters was terribly unsuccessful. Not only had he attracted the attention of militaries and governments around the world for his light helo designs that were maneuverable and could carry wartime ordnance, he had also built the helicopter with the largest lifting capacity, later dubbed the Sky Crane. So, do you guys know about Sky
0: Cranes? Is that the one? No. Well, it, I read it, so yeah. So these are the these are helicopters that can lift that will lift like air conditioning units onto high rises. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the, they lift crazy weights, crazy amounts. S- yeah, Unlike
1: I was, the
2: uh, one we are looking at, which mm-hmm. like transports like jeeps and people. tanks and shit yeah. and troops. So look
0: up Sikorsky Sky Crane.
1: Besides the fact that it's smaller, you don't need as much of a based land. Like, what the advantage of a helicopter versus a plane would be? Say for like the military. Well, they're um,
2: way easier to get in and out of places. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Exactly. I was just curious. They don't if go were as far, but they. The yeah.
0: But they and they don't go as fast for physics limitations, but they can go places where planes can't even could not. Oh, these are, like,
1: the ones that drop water on...
0: Oh, yeah. On, um...
1: Oh, yeah. Helicopter
0: firebombers, yeah. They use them for firebombers, but they use them for a variety of other lifting stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. This one's big. There's a picture of people standing by it. Yeah, they're massive. It almost has legs. Oh, it's holding a house. This one's holding a house. Yep. Well, it's like half the helicopter's gone. It's literally, I mean, it's called the Sky Crane, but yeah, that's literally what it's for.
2: He also built transport helos, and he was recognized not only as the heaviest lifting, but the fastest. Subsequently, Sikorsky built experimental fuel solage less crane helicopter, which allowed for increased weight and lifting capacity. It seemed, though, Igor was never satisfied, and that's what you're looking at now.
0: Demand for his helos exploded, and at its peak, Sikorsky was producing 400 units per year, which is an incredible amount of helicopters. Yeah. Sikorsky retired, retaining the position of chairman of the board to the company. The great designer never hid his negative attitudes towards the events that took place in his homeland, but at the same time, he was all, he always remained a patriot of Russia. "Quote: We need to work, and most importantly, learn." what will help us restore the motherland when it demands it from us, he said, referring to his compatriot emigrants. So he never gave up hope that the Russian monarchy would spring new.
1: I'm sure he'd be very disappointed currently.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. He did a lot to promote the achievements of Russian culture and science in America, remaining a permanent member of the board of the Tolstoy Foundation and the Society of Russian Culture. He provided moral and financial support to immigrants from Russia, various public and political emigrant organizations. He gave lectures and reports, and not always on aviation topics, because like we said, he was a deeply religious person. Sikorsky greatly contributed to the development of the Russian Orthodox Church in the U.S., and he supported it not only financially, but he wrote a number of books and brochures. In particular, The Invisible Encounter... The Evolution of the Soul and In Search of Higher Realities, which are considered by experts to be among the most original works of Russian theological thought.
1: So he just like is just a great mind beyond a great engineering mind.
0: So he's a great engineering mind, but he's also like an amazing theologian, which is, again, I mean. Dude's just impressive.
1: Yes, completely.
0: During his life, Sikorsky received over 80 various honorary awards, prizes, and diplomas.
1: I wonder if any of them were bigger than the gold. The big gold medal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember, he was knighted into the Russian Order of St. Vladimir. Yeah. He was given a a Guggenheim medal a diploma from the National Gallery of Inventors. In 1948, he was given the Wright Brothers Memorial Prize. In 1967, he was awarded the John Fritz Medal of Honor for scientific and technological achievements. Wow. He joined only one other aviator that was ever given that award.
1: So, remind me what year he was born again.
0: 1889.
1: So 1967 minus 1889. So he was 78 when he received that award.
0: You know who the other person to get the award was? Tell me. Orville Wright.
1: I mean, fair. Yeah. Fair that he de- he deserves this award. In
0: 1966, the year before, he had been inducted into the International Air and Space Hall of Fame for his personal creation of 17 types of aircraft and 18 helicopters. Wow. They didn't talk about a snowmobile contribution though. You it's mean up, man. The, the plane <laughs> the, train, boat? the train. No, I'm talking about the snowmobile. That looks oh, like oh, a train oh. with the boat fan on yes. the back. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. That's weird.
1: Because why? I know. He
0: was also awarded so many honorate doctor, doctorate degrees that we, honestly, I don't even want to list them all. It almost became trendy for universities to just to give, him- give him an honorary doctorate. And it was like Yale and Harvard and Brown and all wow. of these other AV, uh, yeah, all of these other we- engineering schools were just basically like, oh, let's make the news by giving Sikorsky an honorary right. degree.
1: Can we just remember after hearing all of this that this guy dropped out of college, basically? <laughs>
0: multiple times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like times. I'm going to figure this out on my own.
0: He died in his home in Stratford, Connecticut on October 26, 1972.
1: So he was like 80.
0: He was in his 80s. Yeah. With his wife Elizavetta still by his side. Cute. He was buried in the town of Easton, Connecticut. His name is still synonymous with aviation advancements and occasionally controversy.
1: Why?
2: Indian pies.
1: Indian pies?
2: Indian pies. Bad bad joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In November 2012, a Russian supersonic heavy strategic bomber, the Tu-160, was named for Igor Sikorsky, which caused some controversy. One of the officers said that Igor Sikorsky doesn't deserve the recognition because he was mainly a contributor to the U.S. aviation industry rather than Russian aviation.
1: He started the Russian aviation He started basically, basically all of it.
2: However, the Russian Long Range Aviation Command said that Igor Sikorsky designed the first heavy bomber for Russia and that he was a patriotic Russian for his whole life. In 2013, Flying Magazine ranked Sikorsky number 12 on its list of the 51 heroes of aviation.
0: Number 12. I know. I don't know. I'm
2: well, a... who's the other 11?
1: Exactly. I don't know, know if he anyway, should have been that low on the list. I think he deserves top 5 at least. For real. Then again, I'm not on whatever board that makes that list.
2: Yeah. He also has a bridge named after him in
0: Connecticut. He does. Nice. Yeah. I was going to like give a rap about yeah. his legacy, but I I Concluding don't think we need thoughts, to do no. that. But I want to come back to something that you said before, Mary. You said we learn about the Wright brothers, you know? Yeah. But we stop there. Yeah. There's so much more to the story of aviation than the Wright brothers. I'm going to keep telling that story. But something that we really need to talk about is why do we leave Igor Sikorsky out of that story? Especially since he was a
2: major contribution to U.S. flight.
1: Right. He invented helicopters.
0: He invented helicopters. Marine One is still a Sikorsky helicopter. Yeah. Most of the heavy... Helicopters that we use in almost everything are still Sikorsky helicopters. I mean. And he was an immigrant to the United States, so we could. That's probably part of the
1: reason why we don't talk about him. But we
0: could fairly call him an American for sure.
1: He is an American. I mean.
0: I mean, he
2: also spent a majority of his life in America. He did. From the age of 25 or something to
0: 80, whatever. Did you learn about Igor Sikorsky when you were a kid?
1: I've never heard his name until today.
0: I mean, I think that's sad. Yeah, I know. I certainly did not learn about him as a kid. Did you? No, James. No. No. Exactly.
2: That's why when you sent me this, I was like, either comments or help read, and I was like, no, nah, I want to help read because this is wild.
0: It is it's a wild insane. story.
1: I love the story of like New New York specifically, but America. Like we used to call it like a melting pot because so many immigrants like created America. And
2: well, it's a country built around immigration
1: exactly and right. it's like why don't we celebrate this guy
2: but also outside of helicopters man's invented
0: seaplanes mm-hmm. heavy planes modern right, manufacturing just, the monocoque airplane which is what we use every day basically invented
2: yeah. commercial airliners
1: but to me he's I done mean, 17 more types of Riders.
2: aircraft and 18 helicopters yeah seems like a majority of types of aircraft and helicopters yeah yeah. I don't know. Is there like... No, yeah. I mean... I mean, now at this point, there's probably like a shitload of types of well, airplanes. Well, you
0: know, but, I would say that most of the designs that are, f- based, on, are based on his... Just improved yeah, Sikorsky his, right, designs. Right, exactly. The it's stuff like, that he did. Now, you have to say that he started with Wright brother Design. He went to the Wrights yeah. and to the French designers to build his first airplane, but that doesn't He's the take one who anything it. away from him... He went, oh, we need two engines on this motherfucker. Right. It's like and he we did that.
1: We hear about the Wright brothers, but have they? I don't know of anything beyond just like they're the first ones. Like, Allegedly. What did they do after that?
0: They did a lot of stuff after that. Okay. They continued to build airplanes, but they became a They also before? started a bicycle company. Yes. They did.
1: I did know that. They are most notable like, for the Wright
0: else. Engine Company. They okay. were the main contributor for engines up well past world war 2. So they built most of the engines for every airplane in world war 2, every American airplane in world war 2. Okay. So then including, Sikorsky made used the Wright brothers' engines. He did. Yeah. He used Wright engines. I mean he must have. He did. But
1: he basically perfect perfect What a collab, the,
0: dude. I know. The
1: actual you, design, you, design of the plane. So design of the plane because designed the by brothers, Sikorsky,
0: fueled by the Wrights. Yes. Well, remember that the Wrights stopped building airplanes. One mm-hmm. of them died in a plane crash. Yeah. And They stopped building planes. They never built a right airplane after the first couple, but they continued to build engines. And so, you know, like you said, it's just an amazing collab. Yeah, it's insane. There's no mention of this guy anywhere. Pretty much anywhere. This is uh, honestly like almost an untold story of aviation. I think it speaks somewhat to the rich contributions that immigrants make in our Mm -hmm. culture every day and I, I think I think I want to I mean it's worth talking about when people say oh we don't want immigrants in the United States we don't want why the not the whole United like, States they... is built on the inventions of immigrants yeah. all the contributions that they have made
1: right and these people talking about how they don't want in, immigrants in America if you went back just a couple generations your family was probably immigrants I know. So mine, yeah, most mine likely is. yeah no, mine
0: is. so
1: unless you're Native American.
0: And then we get back to those Indian pies. Way to bring it all around. I I cannot.
2: Who the fuck knows? I mean, when you Google it, it's all Indian tapas ideas, easy Indian recipes. That has to be some type of really fucked
0: up slur, and we should probably stop saying it. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I I think it has something to do with meaning it's remote, but you're probably right. It it probably has to do with some fucked up slur. from the early 1900s Uh, let's so let's talk about ukraine this guy was from kiev now this was not ukraine at the time it was russia but it's ukraine now so it's worth talking about and you already brought up the antonov right the an uh, 226 which is the largest aircraft ever the maria antonov maria
1: yeah. Is that what they cl- yeah that's call what it. it was
0: called and it was just one of them made but Antonov is a very prolific manufacturer as well and they have over like something like over 140 types of airplanes that they've made over wow. the years and they are strictly Ukrainian I will do an episode about um the Antonov like such a cool plane airplanes for a while uh, after a while so that's on my list so I'm gonna get there here's Igor Sikorsky in his late years, as the, the fleet of helicopters, wow. as the chairman of the board, yeah, with the fleet of helicopters behind him,
1: he looks very proud.
0: He, as he should be, definitely looks proud. Once again, though, he looks like a proud
2: Russian. He doesn't. Yes. look... He doesn't look that proud. His daughter, <laughs> yes, his yeah. daughter Tatiana.
1: He's giving proud. proud though. Yes,
0: I looked up his daughter Tatiana.
1: Okay. Is well, she, a famous she drag queen now. Sorry. No,
0: she would have been born. She was born sometime in. Around nineteen fifteen. Okay. She lived a very long life and I found a reference to her speaking in Brooklyn in two thousand twelve. Holy wow. shit. So she was in her mid nineties at the That's time. That's amazing. So I'm guessing obviously by now she's probably passed, but she lived a long time. Yeah. There are definitely Sikorsky family members in this area, a hundred percent. Right.
1: And I mean like he had four s- boys. Yes. And like you said
0: after Tatiana. After Tatiana.
1: There that's was right. a whole city practically that popped up around his factory. Absolutely. With and street names still.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So maybe we'll go up to uh Bridgeport we'll go up to Bridgeport and have a look around. Find hey, find George. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can
1: drive across the bridge.
0: Alright, I'm gonna read my sources. Yeah, go for it. Um, my sources were Encyclopedia Britannica, Wikipedia, as usual, and I donate to Wikipedia. I used an a article few
1: Wikipedia pages wi- as we were recording. Donate as well. more, bro. Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> I They're used great. an article
0: from Sikorsky Archives News. Mm. I used an article called "The Story of the Winged S." I used another article from Popular Aviation from 1930, September 1930, and my main source was a Russian history piece called Sikorsky, Hero, Exile, the Father of Aviation, which was originally printed in Russia, and I used Google Translate to translate it into English so I could read it. That's a lot of work. You don't know Russian? Oh, I wish I did. So that is what I used. Wow. Sick. Sick. Yeah. So that thanks. That
1: was the most interesting history lesson I've had in a very long time. Yeah, same. Thank you for that. So
0: thanks for being my first guest host. Yeah, James. thanks for I appreciate it. letting me be the first. And um, Mary, thanks for being on again and asking all the right questions at the right time.
1: I try. I'm very curious and person who loves to learn, so I'm always happy to be on.
0: These History ones are a little overwhelming for me to write because it takes a lot of time. It takes of a lot course. of research, and I try to get everything into it. And um, again, I'm trying to tell the story, and I'm trying to do it accurately. So, yeah, th- these take a little more time. If you notice, there's only a couple of them. They kind of get spaced out, you know, because they are really, when you
1: have the time. You they can... are
0: really overwhelming. Yes. So, but anyway, thanks for being on, guys, and we will we'll try to do it again soon. I
1: would love.
0: Awesome. That. Fantastic.
1: <gasps> yes.